Archiver is produced with Missouri's Mid-Continent Public Library. Each Monday afternoon at this same time, Jasnoff's will present one of today's women who has become prominent in Kansas City. We start this episode on May 25, 1938, in the studios of KMBC Radio, atop the swanky Pickwick Hotel in downtown Kansas City. It was the place to stay for men doing business with the city and county. It was a favorite of Harry Truman when he was running Jackson County. And while there were probably plenty of deals made by men in smoke-filled rooms, at KMBC, they were thinking about and celebrating women. The podcast is Archiver, The Sounds of Missouri, the episode, The Women of the Air. Me, I'm your host, Sam Zeff. This afternoon, you will hear an interview with one of the most outstanding women of our city. You all know her, Mrs. Opal S. Hill, Kansas City's invincible woman golfer and a veteran of national and international competition. In appreciation of Mrs. Hill's appearance, we have asked her to select her favorite musical selections to be played on this program. The first one is... If I didn't care. We'll hear a lot more about Mrs. Opal Hill and her golf exploits in a few minutes, and you will be intrigued. But a couple of things about these clips. First, it was all live. The announcing, the commercials, the organ music, all of it. You think local TV news invented live? Not a chance. Also, KMBC is a powerhouse radio station. At night, it could be heard from Canada to Texas and from Colorado to Illinois. The station had a school of the air, owned its own farm, and produced the nationally distributed Brush Creek Follies variety show, as we heard in episode one. Newsman John Cameron Swayze started his broadcasting career at KMBC. So did country singer Tex Owens and Paul Henning, who, as we also heard in our first episode, would become famous for creating the Beverly Hillbillies and Petticoat Junction. So, when I needed to know about early Kansas City radio, I called my friend and colleague, Chuck Haddix. I'm the curator of the Mars Sound Archives, a collection of 400,000 sound recordings in the Miller Nichols Library at UMKC. I'm also a radio producer. I do the radio program called The Fish Fry, Friday and Saturday nights on KCUR 89.3. Most of what you'll hear in this archiver series is from the Arthur B. Church Collection at the Mars Sound Archive. Church was the founder of KMBC, and the clips you'll hear were digitized from 16-inch discs. In some cases, they were literally the first cut of history. KMBC Haddock says, broadcast everything. News, sports, farm reports, music, comedy, and programs for women. They had homemaking programs. Uh, they were pioneer in putting women on the radio. Also, there were a number of women on staff. Talk to me about that. You know, at that time, they programmed according to the target audience. And most men, of course, worked in the, during the day at that time, and women were often homemakers. And so they would target, they would, they would do programs like soap operas and, and programs uh, of, of the, to improve women's housekeeping tips and things like that. Things like this from May 11, 1938. It's again time for The Woman in the Star. 
At 10.15 a.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, this popular radio program, conducted by Beulah Carney and Fred Edwards, Kansas City's popular interviewers and commentators, is sent to you by your local meat retailer and Wilson & Company, meat packers and provisioners for those who enjoy the best of food. Today, this little drama of real life takes place in the A&P Tea Company food stores, Brookside Market, 314 West 63rd Street, where, as in all A&P markets, real values are offered. Here, Beulah and Fred will question women shoppers who are gathered around the meat counter, where Wilson and Company's tender-made ham is the big feature all this week. Okay, Beulah and Fred, carry on. Good morning, friends, and how are you this morning? Well, we're having a grand time out of this beautiful A&P store, 63rd in Brookside, and the rain hasn't dampened our spirits any. Truth be told, there wasn't really any drama, and the show is really a vehicle to sell Wilson hams and other Wilson pork products. It would travel around and broadcast from different Kansas City grocery stores. In addition to the A&P, they would also do remotes from Milgram stores. Let's listen to a little more of Beulah and Fred. What do you think is the greatest convenience in a home? A sweeper, radio, washing machine, stove. How about a husband? Oh, I'm afraid the husband would be because without him, I'm afraid I wouldn't have any of the other conveniences. <laughs> How about tender-made ham? <laughs> what is it? How about tender-made ham? Oh, well, that's a convenience. I I'm say it's a convenience. <laughs> In preparing food for Hubby's dinner, it's a real convenience. And I'm going to present you with this Wilson's tender-made ham steak. Thank you so much. Thank you. Already, Fred, will you give us your name and address, please? Mrs. Haynes, 6212 Prospect. Miss Haynes, would you say that you're an ambitious woman? Yes, I am very ambitious. And what's your ambition? Well, just to be a good housewife and a mother, I believe. I think that's the best in the world. So just in that clip, you can hear there's a lot of social history, we could call it, to unpack. I needed some help. My name is Laura Ziegler, and I am a community engagement reporter and producer at KCUR, NPR in Kansas City. So you are both a professional broadcaster, a mother, and a wife. Absolutely. So you're exactly the woman I need to talk to. <laughs> How the women in the store describe themselves stuck with both Laura and me. They were always Mrs. So-and-so, rarely using their first names. They preferred talking about their husbands and kids and took little credit for housework and child-rearing. Oh. And when they asked where they lived, everyone gave their exact address. Talk about a different time. But Laura and I also noted the way Beulah and Fred interacted on the air. Here's some more from that show at the AMP in Brookside. Uh, there's a woman here that seems to be enjoying herself immensely. At any rate, she's smiling a lot, and I'm going to ask her to give us her name, tell us where she lives, and, and uh, answer a few questions, if you will. I'm Mrs. Larry Ward from 1326 Monroe. 1326 Monroe. Uh -huh. Mrs. Ward. Oh, Ms. Ward, uh, do you keep your feelings to yourself, or does that smile indicate uh, that you like to share your feelings with others? Well, that depends on the mood I'm in. <laughs> well, if you're in a good mood, then, do you keep well, your I feelings Well, I like to make everybody else happy when I feel happy. Oh, that's fine. And when you feel angry, what do you like to do? I try to take it out on the rest of them. <laughs> Sorry to say. <laughs> oh, you're just human, that's all. Well, when you're feeling blue, do you go out of your way to find people to cheer you up? Perhaps you don't go to the movies, but maybe you go to people to cheer you up. How about that? No, I usually call my mother and talk to her, and she does more for me than most anyone I know. Bless your heart. That's what a mother does for everyone. <laughs> well, now I want to give you this Wilson's tender-made ham steak, and why not invite Mother over to dinner and let her share it with you? I think I shall. Fine. <laughs> Thank you well, so thank much. You. Carry on, Fred. The relationship between the two of them is really pretty stereotypical. Beulah and Fred? Beulah and Fred is, what do you the, mean? is yeah. the male co-host, right? Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, he says, Beulah, you ask them a question now. 
<laughs> I mean, they don't feel as much like co-hosts as sort of like um, male husband and female wife, and there's some sort of kind of power dynamic there, as if she's sort of the domestic broadcaster, and he's sort of the daddy broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Does it sound that way to you? I don't know. It does. You know, the only thing that uh, the only thing that strikes me counter to that is her little catch line: "Carry, carry on, on, Fred." Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and carry it, on. And and I'm not sure what to think about that. You know, Beulah goes on to a relatively celebrated career uh, in broadcasting uh, in bigger markets after Kansas City. Uh, And when I first heard it, the first thing I thought when she said, carry on, Fred, uh, that that was her catchphrase, right? That Her brand. Yeah, that somehow made her equal Mm -hmm. to that male broadcaster. But I also see the relationship that you you describe. Turns out Beulah Carney was an impressive woman for any generation. She started at KMBC in 1935 and ended her career on radio and TV in Chicago. But before that, she was the women's page editor at the LA Times, had a syndicated national column on nutrition, and then supervised 10,000 cannery workers for the federal government before her broadcasting career, according to a 1945 profile in the Harrisburg Telegraph. And after retiring, just to keep busy it seems, She wrote three novels. But celebrating accomplished women was something KMBC knew would be popular and something the station could sell. Remember golf champ Opal Hill on the show Today's Women of Kansas City? Now, in my best announcer voice, reading KMBC copy from June 14, 1938, let me introduce Chasnoff's charming hostess, Miss Ann Melton. Hello, everyone. I'm glad you could be with us today so that Chasnoff's might bring you one of Today's Women in Person. Our guest this afternoon has, in a few short years, not only reached the peak of prominence in Kansas City, but is known and honored throughout the United States and abroad. I am most happy to introduce our guest, Kansas City's own veteran of golf, Mrs. Opal Hill. How do you do? And now, Mrs. Hill, I'm afraid you're in for a few questions. First of all, the usual question, how did you get your start? I suppose it was when you were just a child. Oh, no, far from it. In 1923, when my son was eight years old, I had never grasped a golf club. So you see... I'm a living example of a tailor-made golfer. And you took up golf for a career? No, for poor health. My physician ordered a life in the open and not too strenuous exercise. Meadow Lake Golf Club was nearby, so I purchased a set of sticks, went to the practice fairway, and began swinging. How long did you swing it before you played in a tournament? (laughs) Just a couple of months. Oh, really? Well, while my percentage of hits and non-hits was about 50-50, I was persuaded to play in a tournament in which the entry fee went to a charity fund. But played is hardly the word that expresses it. 
My score was 142 on 18 holes. How did you ever get up nerve enough to try again? I didn't have the nerve myself. I swore I'd never touch another golf club as long as I lived. But my husband put his foot down gently and persuaded me to play in the match the next day. That did take nerve. And, of course, you won on the second day. Well, I won the first match. But after I'd lost the second, I went to the uh, club pro. Well, uh, after three months of very strenuous practice, I dared to enter the club championship, made 92 in the qualifying round, and much to my surprise, won the event. Wonderful. Opal Hill would go on to win hundreds of tournaments and awards, according to her UPI obituary. She was also a founder of the LPGA. Now, you probably noticed KMBC and Chasnoff's left nothing to chance. The interview was scripted, as was this unexpected little golf drama the producers added to the show, complete with some cheesy Scottish organ music. Since you think golf is so much fun, Mrs. Hill, I think you'd enjoy the story of the first queen of the fairways. We'll have to go back to the 16th century where we find Mary, Queen of Scotland, standing at her casement window, watching the Earl of Bothwell drive a small leather ball stuffed tightly with light feathers down the palace green. But forsooth, what is my Lord Bothwell trying to do, Lucille? It's a new game, Your Majesty, that all ye court gentlemen have taken up with great fervor. They would do better keeping to archery. It's so much more manly game. This is mere child's play. Begging Your Ma- Majesty's pardon, I have heard tell the sport be most difficult. But doth not Bothwell look foolish striking at that little ball? <laughs> Methinks I shall go and tell him so. Attend me, Lucille, my cape. I would inquire further into these strange doings. Bothwell... Tell me, what unique pastime is this that you find so engaging? Ah, Your Majesty, you honor me. This, may I be permitted to say, is the most fascinating game I have yet encountered. Verily, I cannot cease the playing. Tidings of the sport had reached me, but twas only yesterday that I first matched wits with it. Yea, but its object is still hidden to me. To explain is but simple. The ball is placed upon the ground, then struck as mightily as possible with this rod. Ah, Bothwell, methinks it too simple. I will have a try. Well, but your majesty, this is a game for men. Dost thou think it, well, quite proper for thou, a lady, to to engage in such a, well, unladylike sport? Remember, Bothwell, I am the queen. The queen can do no wrong. The ball is placed on yonder ground, on this little mound, thusly. Now thou dost strike it. Most simple. Why? How ridiculous of me. I didn't miss it. Thou didst, Your Majesty. I'll have at it again. Ah, Your Majesty, thou hast missed again. Silence, Bothwell. How canst I hit the ball with thy constant blabbing, diverting mine attention? And so developed the first woman golfer, Mary, Queen of Scots. Well, thanks so much, Mrs. Hill. I can't tell you how much we've enjoyed your visit. Why, it's been a pleasure. And now, while you relax after the questioning... We'll hear another of your favorite musical selections. I gotta get some shut-eye. So we end this archiver episode about women on the air with a little history of the mother of golf, 
at least as KFEC fashioned it. A few years later, women would be in the thick of one of the most important and historic city elections in Kansas City history, throwing out the machine. That's our next episode of Archiver, The Sounds of Missouri. Archiver is produced with Missouri's Mid-Continent Public Library and is also distributed on FountainCityFrequency.com and is produced in the studios of KCUR 89.3 in Kansas City. My thanks to Chuck Haddix from the Mar Sound Archive and my KCUR colleague Laura Ziegler for their expertise. Don't forget to subscribe to Archiver wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sam Zeff, and I'll see you on the next Archiver. Thank you.